So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 5 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Charlie and his sisters can't remember that time he fought Andre, Yara is distraught as Russia invades Ukraine, Ed drops some fat-shaming at Liz, Kim and Usman can't decide who has sacrificed more, Angela has a plan to surprise Michael, and Jenny goes ziplining, but that's all the adventure she can handle. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a 5-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup K, where we'll be covering this season of Life After Lockup. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are things with you? Uh, things are pretty good, things are pretty good. School year's rolling around, yeah. although... It's getting to that weird time of year where I don't know if you have it in the West Coast, but like we randomly don't have a full week for a month. Like my students have four day weeks for the next like four weeks in a row. It's crazy. Not really. Um, is it because of the Jewish high holiday? But that's what that's what next week is. And then we have the U, the convention for the state union. And oh, then we okay. have a PDD. And then it's like Indigenous Peoples Day. And it's just like a bunch of things that are kind oh, of like. sure. Yeah. So sure. we have one PD and that's it. That's the only day we have off until Veterans Day. OK. Yeah. Well, no. Don't you have off for Election Day? No, we don't get Election Day off. Oh, we get Election Day off because yeah. all the voting happens in our schools. Well, that makes sense. Uh, I think voting usually happens at churches and other community organizations like uh, the Girl Scout House. Actually, yeah. I think in, in Maryland, there's a rule. It has to be at a government building. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. To mm-hmm. stop from shady things happening. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Speaking of shady things, uh, let's talk about Kim and Usman. So we continue where we left off, where Kim is trying to get some space from Usman after a fight over a second wife. Usman asks if this is because they didn't have sex last night. He's trying to get her to go back to the room and calm down, but she wants to be by herself as she cries. Kim thinks that everything is on the line, but she doesn't want to lose him. She goes back to the room where she talks to Usman and tells him she didn't come here to be unhappy. Usman says he's sorry that she felt that way, but how she behaved just isn't right. He brings up similar behaviors in Zanzibar. Kim says she threw stuff because he never lets her finish a thought. She felt stupid in front of his friend. Usman says if she's going to behave like this, he doesn't want her to meet his family or get engaged, and they should just go their separate ways. Kim asks why she bought new clothes, got her hair and nails done, and came all this way for if he's going to just walk away so easily. Usman says this isn't healthy for either one of them, especially if she's going to be crying all the time. Usman thinks that the second wife is necessary because Kim can't have children. And if she's going to be angry or unhappy about it, then they should just be done. After some time, Kim feels bad about her behavior and thinks she's too old to be throwing stuff around to handle her problems. She meets up with Usman and apologizes. She promises that she will not throw anything ever again, and that's not who she is. Usman wants to know what triggered her, and Kim says she feels like she doesn't get the whole story from him and she doesn't like how he's handling her. She feels like she came down there and she's making sacrifices, but she's being fed lies to keep her happy. Usman says he's worried and confused. Usman apologizes as Kim cries. She says everything she does is for him, but Usman says that she doesn't see the things that he does for her. Kim wants more credit for being open to a second wife. 
Usman knows his family isn't going to like her, and she doesn't see all he's doing to get a blessing. Kim says if she gets mad at him again, she will do it behind closed doors. Kim asks if she gets to get the yammy because it's been two days, and even though they're in public, Usman tells her to bend over. So, all right. So they're both saying that they are doing so much for the other. Who do you think is doing more? Uh, I mean, as of right now, you got to say Kim um, mm-hmm. because she's because she's in Nigeria, right? Yeah, and she she came out here. She came to Africa twice, right? Is he not able to come to the U.S. even like to visit? I I would think he'd be able to get a ninety day visa at some point, right? Right. Like some somewhere in between because she's been. Oh, I, we. I, I was a mistake. She's been to Africa three times. Sure. Because she went to Zanzibar once, and this is her second trip to Nigeria. No, didn't they just go Zanzibar and Nigeria were in the same trip? No, no, th- we didn't see the other Nigeria oh, trip. Right, that was right. off season. That was yeah. off camera. Yeah. Um. And so she's been here twice. We've only seen the once, but. Yeah, you'd think at some point in those intervening years, he could get a visitor visa. Right. Or at least apply for a visitor visa. Has he attempted to get a visitor visa? Yeah. You know, like, and and so, yeah, it just seems like she's going to him. She's going to his house. And I, I know that it just seems like the sacrifices he says he makes and is, is like, well, listen, I have to tell my family I'm going to go after another oldie. Like, can you think about the sacrifice I made telling my family that you're an oldie? Like, that seems to be what he thinks his sacrifice is, right? Yeah. Possible judgment. Yeah. But the judgment of, but it's an unavoidable. It's not something he's doing for her. It's something right. he has to just, it just is part of being it, it, being in a relationship that if you want the relationship to progress, you have to, you have to, you have to tell your family she's an oldie. Like, you have to. Yeah. Especially because he's the one choosing these people, you know? Right. It just – you can see the family every time. They're like, really? Seriously? Another one? Oh, my God. What the <laughs> hell, dude? Um, no, I think it's, it is it is funny. But it's like – I just can't take them seriously when they keep only calling having sex the yammy. I know, like, it's right? Like, and it's like I get when it's a cute little, you know, pet thing you talk – you say to each other. But like literally they don't use any other words for it they just right. say can i get the yummy you didn't get the yummy last night i was like nobody says this what is what are you doing <laughs> like there's a thousand different ways to say this thing don't pick yummy yeah i'm kind of over that but i mean they're just ridiculous too i feel like uh we see this with like michael and angela a little bit too and even a little bit jenny summit is that it's like the people that have a huge age gap it's like they want you to know we are sexually active yes well i mean jenny summit in this episode yes in other episodes not so much right yeah Right. I just, yeah. I mean, you have you have that, and then just in terms of what he's giving up, because when she, when she was finally able to calmly explain what her what she what upset her, mm-hmm. she's not wrong. He is a hundred percent doing what she's saying he's doing. Yeah. Right. He is a hundred percent just telling her whatever she wants to hear, so she'll just shut up and go along. And then when it come, when push comes to shove, is going to spring something different on her. Yeah. And say, well, this is what we agreed. This is my culture. You agreed to this. I don't understand why this is a problem. Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I would say that I agree with you that Kim is doing more. Um. But I also feel like she definitely has this like martyr syndrome. You know, where oh, like, yeah. I am doing everything for you. I am sacrificing so much, and I get nothing in return. You know, and it's just like, well, I, mean, I don't think you get nothing. Well, right, and then especially because then she mentions sex. That's what she wants. That's what she wants out of right. him. Like, and then 
you know, it's been two days, so you haven't given that to me. So uh, yeah, just that. And it's funny though, because I, I don't know, it's, it's, it just so seems so one-sided because I mean, be honest, I've definitely had those conversations where I'm like, talk, you know, haven't been able to meet up with my, with my person and be like, Hey, so yeah, it's been a while, right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, <laughs> right. That happens, right? Between people who are, you know, in that kind of relationship, but they just make it sound like her. She's like, I was cranky because you won't give it to me. Ah. Yeah. Like, yeah, gross. Well, even Usman, when he was talking about like the things that he does for her, he's like, well, having sex is not in my culture. If you're not married, I gave that to you. It's like, eh. yeah, but arguably count. you're getting something <laughs> from it too, you know? <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's like not all sacrifice. Come on now, Usman, unless you really are not attracted to this woman. And then you're like, oh, this is like a job. Yes, in which case it's like that. He was like, what are the sacrifices you made? It's like, A, uh, you know, putting up with having sex with you and B, introducing <laughs> you to my family. Those are the sacrifices that I make for our yeah. relationship. It's like I want him to get there so badly, like in terms of it's like he's almost there, like – we don't belong together. This is a dumb match. Like, we should just part ways. He is almost there. Well, then, of course, there's just the, you know, the the, the thing is, like, he, his overall goal, if it's not to get to America, then it's to stay on the show. Mm-hmm. And so you can see she walks away and he's sitting in his chair being like, fine, good. Oh, wait, crap. I have to stay on the show. I'm right. not going to be on the show if she leaves. I need like, enough material for at least one season. Yeah. Oh, crap. I can't just I know. Leave. I felt like I saw the exact same thing, same you thought in his mind. Click in his head and be like, oh, no, I need to stay on the show. I need to yeah. stay on TV. Yeah. All right. So people. speaking of people who keep wanting to stay on TV and go to Nigeria, let's go to Angela. Oh, gosh. So new person Renee is helping Angela pack. Which was supposed to happen like five days ago. So Angela blames Michael for distracting her because she can't focus on the, her distracting her because Michael's scamming her. And if he's up to, to shady shit and like that, I can't pack. So anyway, Renee here is the friend that she's roping into going the trip with her. So Renee has known Angela for about a year, which I'll note is after well, well after Angela had been on this show many, yes. many times. Yeah. Um, and they met to illegally smoke in an airport bathroom. So Angela tells us about how much weight she's lost and how Michael won't tell her how hot she is anymore or something stupid. Anyway, while they're poking around at all of her clothes trying to pick the right ones, Michael starts messaging her again about this Instagram situation and shaking her down for five grand or whatever. So Renee tells us tells Angela that she, you know, has to have a plan. Like, what are you going to do? How are we going to deal with things when we get there? And Angela already has a plan put together to surprise Michael with this trip because he has no idea they're coming. Oh, God. So, Renee is kind of on the fence about that. And um, what Angela really wants, she just wants to sneak up on him and snatch his phone so she can go through it before he has any time to erase anything. But So, once she thinks about it, Renee is like, Okay, I'm on board. You know, Michael's been bad to her, so you get to snatch his phone. And she also rants, you know, then then it's just more talking about the same things she's been talking about. I don't deserve this. Michael's been up to shady shit. He's hoodwinking me. He's been scamming me. But anyway, she does say this is their last chance. So eventually she gets everything packed into like five bags and then Renee comes out with a bedazzled American flag hat that Angela really wants to wear. And while and um, while she was packing, we heard out that she found some light reading about Nigerian marriage laws, which she says 
claims that she owns all of Michael's things, especially his phone. So he can't hide it from her because it belongs to her. So yeah. she's nervous about. Yeah, I, don't I, think, I think that's she, how it works. But I think okay. she may have a, a, a less than solid um, idea of the uh, jurisprudence of Nigerian sure. um, family law. So she's nervous about this trip because it could be the end of them. So she cries some more. So they have a long, a really long time on the show for such an uneventful ride to the airport. And they get on the plane and we get the plane selfie and then the segment ends. So, I mean, is it uh, how how on a scale of stupid to very stupid to moronic is I'm going to surprise him and snatch his phone out of his hands as a plan. Oh, it's not a plan. I mean, he's going to see you coming. I mean, he may be shocked and that the element of surprise may be on your side, but I, he's probably got a lock on it, right? You would assume so. Yeah. Like, so like, and he was, he's like, give me your phone. He's like, if he's been shaking you down for $5,000, you think he's going to hand over his phone and give you the password? No, most certainly like, not. So I don't know what she's expecting, but this, yeah, it's like, no, this is a terrible idea. It's just an idea that's just not going to work simply, right? Right. I mean, yeah. it, 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 nothing would work, though. There's literally nothing that she's going to find in Nigeria that would be like, okay, I'm satisfied. Things are fine. We can continue to have this relationship. That There's absolutely nothing she can find there that, that would do that. Sure. I feel like wasn't it a storyline in some other season of hers where she was trying to, like, install spyware on his phone or something like that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because she was trying to track him or something. Right. And they were like, that's illegal. You can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know when she's going to get that, like, this is not an option. She can't just spy on this guy. Like, and and we've said this before because of that whole thing. Like, if you're at the point where you feel a need that you have to spy on your guy to get truth from them – it's like that relationship doesn't have any trust. What in the world are you doing? Yeah. And especially when like she even part of her plan is I didn't even buy a plane ticket back because I just might fly to Canada if things don't go well. Oh, well, it's God. like this relationship. Then this, then you've, you're telling everybody this relationship's already over, but you're going to fly to Nigeria to give this guy a hard time right. and make him feel bad before you go shack up with this other guy in Canada that you're more into right now. Yeah. Like, that's where we're at. Yeah. I mean, the thing with her is that. She doesn't want to look like the bad guy. I mean, she's real. I mean, that's the whole we've talked about this before. The Angelo image rehabilitation tour of her looking like a very devoted, very involved Mima. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't want to be in this relationship with Michael. She's going to push him away. She's going to try catch him in some kind of lie. So that way she can turn around and justify her bad behavior. Well, you know, like I was lonely because I was being neglected by my lying, cheating husband. And that will somehow justify like me carrying on this emotional affair with someone else. So now it's okay. It's full on okay for me to go and physically be with him now that I've caught my husband in all these terrible lies. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's just she is – well, and it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's like they do it in politics too, right? Yeah. Best The best defense you have is to accuse the other side of doing what you're – is what you're about to do. Right. Right, because then when they accuse you, it's just like you're just saying things back. I was the one who caught you in the first place. So it's just like – so it is. It is. Every, every accusation she has is – 
something she's doing, right? Mm-hmm. It, she's just confessing to everything every time she does it. And it's, I don't know. And then I don't I feel like her voice has gotten worse as we've gone on. Like she's just hard to listen to. Uh, what exactly? Like, I think her voice sounds the same. I don't know. Maybe it's just because we've heard it for so long, but I feel like just the, 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 the tone of her voice and the tone she always takes just is extremely grating to me and extreme. I, I find it hard to listen to. Even is if it she's, like a condescending tone she has? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I definitely yeah. feel that her, uh, her feelings are different for Michael this time around. And so I mm-hmm. think that's part of where that's coming from. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just, she feels like, it feels like she's, and this is, this is something that personally bothers me. Nothing. I get very on edge and very irritated when I feel like somebody's trying to sell me something. Yes. And I, I feel don't like, like she's trying either. to sell me that he is. And that she's the, the good guy. And that she's the good guy. And right. every time I just, she's got that. And that, so, you know, and we've seen that before. That's definitely come up in the show before. It's part of the reason I ha- I dislike Bilal so much. Yeah. It's because I feel like he's, you're selling me something. And as soon as somebody starts, I feel like they're starting to sell me something. I get, I get, I get, I, get, I definitely feel a kind of way. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. Let's talk about this new friend for a second. So I know there's a lot of social media stuff that happened with her and her bestie, Jojo. And so uh, after that season, they kind of came at each other. Jojo was like supposedly revealing secrets about Angela. Angela saying, you know, she's no friend of mine. So, you know, I feel like they had to come up with uh, a new friend. I feel like this is just like they found a a 90 day super fan and were like, would you like to go to Africa with with Angela? And she was like, fantastic. I 100% believe that they met the way that they met. And, you know, and... (laughs) From that, I will say that those two are two peas in a pod. They were bound to have found each other, 90 Day Fiance or not, right? Like, I feel like she's definitely more similar to Angela than JoJo ever was. But it just, it does seem very like, it should tell you something if someone doesn't have a friend in their life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, Angela had the one friend JoJo, but it's like... Yeah, she doesn't have her anymore, and I should tell you that this is a woman who either doesn't value or cherish her friendships or just chooses the wrong people to be friends, and that's part of the reason why she's alone, like, in your friendships and in your personal life. Yeah, that's that's true. It's just like she she's so vindictive right mm-hmm. and so she can't let anything go so if you if you, you as a friend make any mistake that's it you're dead i'm done i'm gonna yell at yeah. you for the rest of my life and it's like you can't maintain any kind of relationship because everybody makes mistakes yeah everybody pushes you off sometimes yeah definitely all right uh moving on to maybe a sadder note uh yeah, we've got yara and jovi i know it was very difficult to watch uh, Yara is watching the news and pointing out how the invasion is near her friends and family, uh, she being from Ukraine. Uh, Yara has just been sad since the invasion, which has happened two weeks before. She doesn't sleep or eat. And Jovi says she's nervous and just crying a lot. 
Jovi is trying to be supportive and understanding. Yara spends a lot of time on the phone talking with friends and family. Uh, so they're all in the living room and Jovi is putting together a to- toy kitchen for Mila when Yara is watching a building explosion on the news. Yara's friends live in Kiev where they spend the day in the bathtub and at night underground. Yara's just feeling so helpless. Her sister is still in Ukraine and people are uncertain about food and water. They can't seem to get out because there just isn't enough gas. Luckily, her mom is in the Czech Republic. Yara just wants for the conflict to be over. She doesn't care who's right or wrong. She's just trying to be strong, but everything is just too emotional. Yara and Jovi have just visited the immigration lawyer who said that Yara's green card will likely come a week after the interview. Yara is planning on going to Czech Republic immediately, and Jovi asks what happens if, you know, she gets the green card and he's at work. And Yara says that she'll just take Mila. Yara says that she wants to bring her mom and sister over to the U.S. because they can get refugee status. Jovi is concerned about supporting everyone, but Yara says that she'll be able to work soon, and if she can afford expensive purses, that she can afford to help people to live. Yara wants to go to Europe as soon as she can, and Jovi wants her to wait until he's not working so that he can be there too, which means she may have to wait up to three weeks. Yara insists she'll never put Myla in any kind of danger, and she just wants to go to Europe, and they don't really come to any resolution. Okay, who do you think is um, being more reasonable here? Do you think Yara just needs to get there as soon as possible because of the way things are going, or do you think that she should wait for Jovi I don't know exactly what Jovi is expecting to do. Maybe it just makes him feel more comfortable, peace of mind, being there with them. No, I I, I get where Jovi's coming from, and I'm kind of more leaning towards Jovi's plan. Sure. Because she's understandably very emotionally distraught. Sure. And I don't know that she is going to make the most rational decisions. I believe she has a good heart and she just wants to go oh, over in there and help everybody. But I don't know that I think that doing that might not put everybody in the best situation they could be in. Right. Um, right. If you're just if all you're worried about is I must help, I gotta help, I gotta help, I gotta help. Yeah. And so having somebody there who isn't as emotionally invested in what's going on. Sure. Um to come up with better, even better plans. Like that mm. let's wait for a second. What I didn't understand is why it wasn't an option if we we're only talking about three weeks, yeah. right, at the most. Why didn't she just say, okay, well, you can go whenever you whenever you get it. And then when I'm done with work, I'll come to Prague too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why that wasn't an option that they right. talked about. Yeah. I mean, I just think that she just wanted to be with her mom, like, immediately. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And I get that. But I agree that it's like, well, it's one thing if you want to go with your mom, right? But... You obviously you're planning on taking Mila as well because, you know, there's no one else to take care of her here in the U.S. And so, you know, just being that Mila is so young, I, I wouldn't want her anywhere near well, anything I mean, that's th- th- dangerous. It's they're in Prague. Prague yeah. is 100 percent safe. They're not in. I mean, well, as, safe, as safe as Prague always is. Right. Sure. sure. It, they're not in Kiev. They're not in you know, the eastern part of the Donbass region. They're not anywhere that's actually under danger, right? Like, you've been closer to Kiev than, than Prague is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, so so it's really not a, a matter of being unsafe, even with the daughter there. Mm. I'm, I'm more worried about, okay, once she gets there, like, there's not going to be everyone that she wants to help. She's going to want to help everybody do everything. And she, it's it's just... It's too much to do that 
and take care of the kid and just be all that. It's just it's just going to overwhelm and burn her out, I think. Well, that was the kind of the impression I got was, yeah, she's going to go meet up with her mom first because it's the safest. But her sister's still in Ukraine. Like, yeah. I thought there was going to be some attempt to try help them to get to a safer place to get, you know, but that's still I don't know. I don't really know what her plan is, but exactly. And then yeah. what is your plan? I I. I I totally get you want to be with your mom. Like, mm-hmm. and if that's all she wants to do is she'd feel better if she got to her mom, then she can go to her mom. Uh, but yeah, because there's nothing you as a private citizen in Prague are going to be able to do to get somebody out of Kiev. Right. Like, right. there's not. There's not anything she can do. Yeah. Right. Anything she would attempt would probably be, you know, fruitless at best. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then, and you're right, dangerous at worst. And so, yeah, but, and so, and, and it's also, and that's kind of where Jovi's coming from. And I thought Jovi was really good with him, with like absorbing kind of – he seemed very understanding like when mm-hmm. she was snippy with him and kind of yelling at him that it's like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to – I take this and I'm not going to fight back because I know this is sure super hard for her and yeah. this, is, this is what you take. Like, no, I agree. I thought he was doing the best that he could. It's just right. one of those situations where there is – there's nothing you're going to be able to say. That is going to make it better for her. No, you can't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm getting away from ugh, I know, all the depressing stuff. It's sad. All right. Let's go to um, let's go to Ed and Liz. So we start off with Liz at what I assume is some kind of stripper fitness class. Mm, yeah, it looks like it. There's a lot of butt popping. They're yeah. like, pop the butt, pop your butt. Anyway, so she was in this class with Alex, who was the subject of the photo shoot from the last two episodes. So that's still talking about that. Yeah. Liz says that she found this place, meaning the stripper workout place, um, la- the last time she and Ed broke up. And they have a talk afterwards where Alex asks, you know, how they're doing because last she saw they were fighting. So Alex suspects that Ed is the kind of guy that wants to be needed. But, you know, Liz thinks that it's in that you know, com- makes him be insecure and bossy, which comes across as being controlling. So she's found that the only kind of activity that he doesn't give her a hard time about going to, like if it's going out for dinner or whatever, is when she says she's going to work out. And also that he's made some comments implying that he wishes she had lost the weight and was at her, you know, skinniest post-breakup weight. Oh, gross. Yeah. So the whole situation where she has to ask permission to go places and check in when she's there all the time sounds not doesn't come across as controlling to Alex, seems pretty controlling to Alex. And Liz can see how Ed projects his insecurities onto her. And when he's feeling insecure, he does end up trying to be pretty controlling. So then we're treated to Ed cleaning up dog poop off the pad, had to include that part, and complaining about how he totally wasn't showing off during the photo shoot that we're, again, still talking about. So he thinks she was being a baby, but he did embarrass her in front of her friend. So he's kind of moving past that and he's getting ready for the engagement party and hoping that his mom and daughter will come. So we see him call his mom and leave a voicemail. It's disappointing to him, but he's following up his therapist's advice to just keep trying. So then they get together um, onto the same – they then get together to get onto the same page and pass the photo shoot. So anyway, it's a date night. And when they go out on date nights, they do role playing. So tonight she's going to be Stella and he'll have to pick her up at the bar. Weird. And then we see a bunch of Ed, Ed's uh, – 
A-game pickup lines oh, where he says his name is Slide and it's just it's because he slides into people's DMs. And I'm 100% sure that this was him just making the worst, cheesiest pickup lines he could find just yep. to be funny on TV. Yes. So they end up. They end the role playing when they get to dinner and they start talking about the engagement party planning. So he tells her that he invited his mom and daughter and she feels like uh, that's kind of a lose-lose situation because he's going to be hurt if they don't come. And if they do come, it's going to be a shit show. So nah, she kind of wishes they didn't. And in her hide, she's she's hoping that they, they don't come. So – I mean, do you agree with her? Is it probably a better all overall outcome for everyone if they're not at the engagement party? I don't know. I think in terms of drama, uh, it's for the best because then if, you know, they don't come or I mean, if they do come, then it would be like worrying about keeping them happy. And I feel like the focus wouldn't be on them and the fact that it's their engagement party. It would be on you know, they're them feeling some kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want to say obligation, but, you know, kind of feeling like it was their responsibility to keep them happy in this like one chance situation. Oh, right? sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like, I feel like in terms of uh, Liz, it is better for her if they don't show up. But if they do show up, like, I feel like Ed would feel more at ease. Like, it would maybe not in the moment in terms of the actual event, but it would make him feel like, you know, things are better with his family. And so he would feel less stress about that. So, I mean, I think it depends on who you care about, you know, being happier at the moment. Do you care about Liz or Ed being happier at the moment? Because I think that they're going to want different things. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, I think the ultimate thing is the engagement party isn't what they ultimately, hopefully, care about. The engagement party is just a party. What right. they care about is the wedding, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is kind of the first step towards getting them to the wedding. Yeah. And I kind of feel like Liz is being a little bit short-sighted with the "it's better if they don't come," right? Because that just prolongs the drama into your shower, into your wedding, into whatever. Instead of just being like, well, it's done and over with. They're finally back. We had whatever awkward drama we had and now we're moving on. Yeah. I just uh, – I don't know what it is about them, but I know this is going to seem really off topic. I just don't – they're not a believable couple to me. I don't know what it is, but it's just like they can't be really getting married, right? They just don't seem real. Yeah, I, I agree. But he doesn't seem like a real person. <laughs> like everything he does just is so obviously put on for the show right, right, or put right. on for lols or whatever, right? Their entire date when he's coming in and doing the uh, – doing yeah, oh, do you believe in love at first sight or should I walk back twice? I know yeah. he just looked up a bunch of pickup lines on Reddit <laughs> and then like, oh, I'm going to do that. The fact that his phone and computer are covered with stickers of his face that he pre-made before he was ever on the show. Right. Like right. he's just such a fake person that it's hard to believe anything is real. That yeah. Yeah. I think that might be part of it. But it just it, – yeah. It just – the thought of them actually having a wedding, it's like that's not really going to happen, right? We're not going to actually see this this season. 
No, I imagine there'll be another explosive like breakup that ends up happening before the wedding. That that would that seems like the way it would go, right? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea, but yeah, I just I I can't imagine them actually being in a long term relationship with no interruptions. <laughs> I mean, they've been in eight in this, and that's the thing about the eight. I don't know. There's this whole eight breakups, yeah, situation, Absurd. and like, yeah, yeah. It just, I mean. And then, but then we get back to the other thing. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like they're all that into each other physically. No, it doesn't. That's the other thing to me that's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, we hear it from her ears, the idea that he keeps being like, what about when you were skinny again? But it's like, even like Jenny and Samit who like go to pains, like I think Samit's very uncomfortable with PDA and stuff, right? Yes, yes. You can still tell that he, he's into her. Like, Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Definitely. Right? And you don't really see that from you – know, I just don't – I don't get that really from either of them. Like, yeah. Even when they left and they were talking about like – you know, even when they they left the date and it was like, yeah, I'm a sure thing, baby. It just didn't seem like, like they weren't like hugging or kissing or being all that even flirty. Like it was awkward acting. It was acting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right. So speaking of uh, Samit and Jenny, they're on their honeymoon and Jenny jokes that they really made a mess of their bed because of all the creaky sex they were having the night before. Jenny wants to hang out at the beach, but Samit says that that's what kids do. He wants to go river rafting or bungee jumping or zip lining or cliff jumping. And Jenny shakes her head at all those suggestions. Nope. He says this is what happens when you date a younger man. They think that ziplining is a compromise. So Jenny asks how old the oldest person was that ziplined at the place they go to. And the guy says 89. Jenny doesn't consider herself adventurous, despite the fact that she sacrificed everything to come to India to be with Samit, which she would consider adventurous. On the platform, Jenny can't see the end of the zipline, which is terrifying her. Jenny hesitates and keeps saying she's not ready. And eventually Jenny chickens out and insists that Samit go first. Samit says it's scary, but he goes without hesitation. Jenny then tries again. She's scared she's going to get stuck in the middle of the river, but she goes and makes it across. She says it was amazing as she gives Samit an excited hug. Samit suggests skydiving, and Jenny says no. Samit now says that they should try Kama Sutra. Jenny looks confused, but then she says she's heard of it. But Jenny says she knows everything to do with sex at this age. Samit thinks this is the perfect time for them to experiment together on this honeymoon, but Jenny is more interested in uh, sleep than sex. Jenny had never thought their age difference was an issue before, but now she's wondering if their differences is personality or age. Jenny and Samit later attend a ceremony with a large crowd. They buy flower boats to float down the river to wash away past signs to get rid of negativity. Samit doesn't want to say what he wished for. Their flower boat gets stuck and the light goes out, which Jenny just kind of shrugs and says, figures. Jenny thinks something drew them to that city and she thinks that they should take something back and she suggests that they apply for a spousal visa in America. Samit is shocked that she's bringing that up because he said he would never leave India, even though he admits that that's selfish. He doesn't want to leave his family, even though things aren't good right now. Jenny wants the chance to be able to travel between the U.S. and India. All right. So do you think, based on Samit's uh, reaction to this, that she will ever get him to visit America? <sighs> mm. I think 
and morbid as it is, I think he might come after his parents are dead. Uh, well, do you think Jenny's going to die it, sooner assuming than Assuming Jenny parents? out, assuming they, assuming they don't outlive Jenny. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. There's a possibility is what I'm saying. But, yeah, I don't get that. I get that he's like, no, my life's in India. I want to live in India. Yeah. I don't get – I never even want to visit. I never want to yeah. leave this country. That's crazy. Right. That's nuts. When you when – you, I'm not saying it's nuts. Plenty of Americans never leave the country and I'm not saying they're all crazy. It's – it's it, it seems ridiculous to me to be married to someone from another country. Sure. And yet refuse to visit that country. That seems absurd to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. It does seem odd. That you would choose that for yourself, I suppose. I was wondering, too, like, I don't know what the health care is in India versus America. But sometimes what ends up happening is people just want to come back to America for health care just because they feel more comfortable. With, Absolutely. With sure. something that's familiar to them. And so, I mean, what if Jenny has a situation where she needs you know, medical attention and long-term treatment. And she wants to come back, you know, back to America for at least until her treatment's done. Like, is he going to just be just like, see ya? Be there. Yeah, yeah. That's what he sounds like he's going to be. And it's that just, and because I get it. She's not even asking him to move to America. No. She's like, well, you, she just would be ideal. The ideal situation, he would have a green card and they could just come and go and she'd have the Indian equivalent of that and they could just go whenever they wanted. Yeah. Right? So she wouldn't have to apply or he wouldn't have to apply for anything. And it's like if they right. just wanted to visit at a moment's notice, he would have that option. Yeah. 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 And that just it. seems – that just seems – that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. But it also – but it – most of the other stuff he said was reasonable too. Like it seems reasonable to me that, you know, you'd want to spice up the bedroom a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> She was really funny. It was like, I don't need Kama Sutra. I already know everything. It's like, uh, I wouldn't yeah. say you know everything, but maybe you know all the things that work for her at this point. I could see that. Yeah, but I mean, it's, a, it, I don't know. I, I just think, I, I don't think it's a big ask of him, like, to do, do this fun thing with me. Like, yeah. And we'll try it out. And if it sucks, it sucks. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not anything that's like weird. It just, it's. I don't know. I was kind of I was kind of frustrated with her, especially that like I don't know. Some people have, you know, I, I don't know everybody, but I get the impression that there are definitely some sixty three year olds who are like, listen, I've tried everything: the top of the bed, the foot of the bed, the side of the <laughs> <Sure>. bed. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah, missionary, uh, missionary on the left side of the bed, missionary on the right side of the bed. <laughs> like, yeah. Even missionary on the floor that one time, you know, it's like, that's everything there is. Yes. I can see also why she that whole mentality annoys you, though, because, uh, you know, I kind of see that as being the same as and I know you have frustrations with it, which is why I understand where you're coming from. Like uh, when people are not adventurous eaters, like yes. you're not endangering your life just by trying something new. I don't it, it very much confuses me when people won't even try something because, you know, they made up made it up in their mind that they're not going to like it. And so to me, that's really frustrating. So I can see how it's kind of along the same yeah, lines. And we're not asking – nobody's asking her to do anything, again, that's dangerous or anything. Just like right. – and the thing is, is like – I don't know. I do, I'm biased because to me that's some of the more playful fun times is when yeah. you're like, that's, wait, no. Ow, ow. I'm getting a cramp. This isn't working. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like that's that, – that's, I don't know. That's part of what I like about everything. That's like those are the things that make life a little bit more fun. It's not always like, well, let's just 
meatloaf every Wednesday because that's what I've been doing my whole life. And I know meatloaf on Wednesday works for me. Right. You're right. It it does have to do with that. And it it was similar with the zip lining, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like uh, of her chickening out, which I... I thought for a minute, I was like, I just thought for real. Hey, I, I thought the zip lining was a little bit different. I thought it was going to be one of those zip line setups where you have like multiple zip lines. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you go from one and then you're at the next thing and you go up and you do another one and you go up and you do another oh, one. It sure, kind of sure. makes a big, right? And then like, I felt like Submit was going to go and then she was going to chicken out and he was going to be stuck out there by himself. God, like, yeah. Well, I guess Jenny's not coming. Okay. Like, <laughs> which you know, also might have been the problem last night. Hey. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Things just got real. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, um, Libby and Andre. So, it's dance studio time for Brielle, Jen's daughter. And Libby and Becky are there, too. Um, So, apparently, Jen is a total dance mom. So, while they're sitting there, Brielle and the instructor go into another room to practice leaps, even though it looked like she came out to show them the leaps. I was very confused of what was going on here. Um. But it really is just an excuse for the three sisters to talk to each other. So Libby fills them in with the argument that Andre had with their mom. So it seems like the mom is getting her guilt trip to work with the girls, though. Um, and they they say they're going to go to the party, you know, just for her. So now Libby is upset because she doesn't understand why they were on her side before. And now they're just going back on their words. So they think she's being too dramatic. Like, what does she think? That Charlie is going to attack them? Which, given that last time Charlie literally did attack them, yeah. doesn't seem like it's out of the window of possibilities. So Libby tells Char- tells them that Charlie still sends her mean text messages about yeah. Andre and her decision is made. She's not coming. So Libby tells us that she wants to forgive and forget, but that requires an apology before you can forgive. So no. So they give her a hard time about making a mistake and how Andre is forcing her into it and controlling her. And he's trying to keep her isolated from the rest of the family. And anyway, and also we get a side note where Becky's like, oh, this is just another shit show for me to deal with. Which I was confused about. Like somebody not coming to a party is a shit show for you to deal with. <laughs> anyway, uh, they think that not coming is making it a bigger situation than it is. But Libby is also like, Andre has a green card renewal coming up and he probably shouldn't get like an assault and battery charge with my brother before that. So he needs to keep his nose clean. Uh, So again, they seem to have been like, well, why would they ever get in a fight? That doesn't make any sense. Even though we literally saw on video that they got in a fight. So anyway, Jen doesn't think that it's going to go down like that barbecue at a restaurant. But Livia is adamant that because of his interview and then – Becky cracks a joke and says, well, maybe he'll fail it and get sent back. That would be good. Oh, yeah. Because apparently she thinks that um, like and Libby was like, well, you oh, that would be terrible. I would have to move to Moldova with him and not talk to you again. And Becky was like, well, it seems like that's already what you're doing. So anyway, later on, Andre is playing Barbies with Ellie and oh, and um. Libby tells him about the conversation she had with her sisters. So he really doesn't care what Ben and Jackie, Ben and Jackie, Becky and Jen do. And, you know, Libby just kind of thinks that the family doesn't like him because he's a, you know, outsider that has really held the mirror up to how big of an assholes they all are. <laughs> so that, that, which then, and then at that point we flip to Charlie and we see Charlie taking pictures of his wife's Megan's feet for what I can only assume is the, you know, free sample pictures that they put on the OnlyFans page. Oh, God. 
where Megan tells us that she made 70 grand last year. Although, let's be honest, that wasn't just money for feet pictures. Oh, God. <laughs> so Charlie thinks it's hot and fully supports it. And it seems like OnlyFans supports them fully now, too, since Charlie doesn't work for the family anymore. They talk about the situation and every time how he's invited to stuff, no one goes and he thinks that's bullshit. Megan doesn't understand why Jen and Becky used to be her besties and they stopped talking to her, in her words, for no reason at all. (laughs) Well, other than Charlie is toxic. But what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, you know who they think is toxic, though? Andre. He says, Charlie says he's not an alcoholic and that it's Andre and Libby are trying to turn everyone against him. He claims he didn't do anything that they don't do. And he doesn't remember trying to come and start with a fight with anyone. But anyway, Charlie just has a whole bunch of reasons why Andre is the worst and they are the best. And everyone needs to team up with them against Andre. <laughs> so why does no one remember that Charlie started a fight with Andre? Why did, Like an actual physical altercation. Probably because they were the all wasted. <laughs> well, we know Charlie was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a family of drinkers. Uh so I'm not saying they were like completely blacked out or anything, but maybe they remembered it differently because they were under the influence. They certainly were drinking their fair share of wine. You'd think they would watch it when it was on TV, though. <laughs> yes, they do seem like they would be self-absorbed and be watching TV to see how much of uh, the clips are of them. I definitely agree. Yes, that's true. I could like, this isn't me. This is Charlie. Fast forward. Yeah, oh, here right. I am again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know. I think they just really don't like Andre. It was super messed up of them to be like, well, hopefully he'll get deported. It's like, what that a flippant, terrible thing up. to say to your sister. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Libby was calmer than I would have been. Yeah. I would have been like, and I'm done talking to you. Bye. Right. Like, like, yeah, I'm, I, I'd have been like, what the fuck? And yeah. I would have just walked out. Like, that would have, that would have, that would have been me. I, yeah, think I at best would have said what the fuck and walked away. Yeah. Like that was just so mean. It was. And like it just and I and I I don't know that Libby's assessment is wrong. Mm-hmm. That Andre is the first person that came in and be like, you're an asshole. And they're like, yeah. well I'm not an asshole. You're the asshole. And he's like, nope, you're an asshole. And so is she and so is he. They're all you're all assholes and they don't like that. Well, I think uh, also the difference is that uh, Becky and Jen, I think their husbands are just not as involved in the family. We rarely ever see the husbands um, Mm -hmm. like maybe we see them at a party, but they're mostly like keeping to themselves. So I think it also helps their situation when their husbands have a work life outside of the family business. But this is the first outsider really who's trying to get in on the family business and so it does actually matter those kinds of relationships they have and andre is kind of trying and he's also ruffling feathers like unintentionally you know so it's like yeah i definitely feel like uh, libby's assessment is correct but you know i also feel like they could avoid all of this by andre trying to do his own thing but he's not he's trying to ride the coattails of chuck in a way you know, to right. get everything I mean, no, started. And, and that's what that's what it is. They're like, no, those are our coattails. They mm-hmm. belong to us. You need to step off of them. They yeah. have no business on these coattails. Like, because they want to ride the coattails. They don't want to do anything on their own. Yeah. Literally, the, literally, the only thing they do on their own, as we've seen, is OnlyFans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I, uh, and it, I mean, and I just feel like, I mean, where do you think Becky and Jen's like 
turn? Do you think the mom is just that good at guilt tripping them? Do you think they balked it the coward's way out in a way that Andre didn't? Or yeah. do you think it's just like, you know, yeah, just that's what it is, the guilt trip? I think it's the guilt trip because I'm sure mom is like, well, it's just one event, you know? Okay, then it's just one event that I won't be at, yeah. okay? Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's just funny because I just is not it's just it's just so different than the dynamics of my family, mm-hmm. like that. It just it's just so weird to me. I was like, oh my, like I was just, I, I I can't. I'm trying to imagine somebody in my family saying these things to me or anything. Like even the mom guilt trip to me, I'm just like, oh, my mom is the master of guilt trips. That doesn't surprise me at are all. You? Oh, I know, but like my mom doesn't. Um, yeah. My mom like, and so like yeah, I just a lot of this was like, did you? Did you just say that? Mm. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, really? Like, and but we're, I don't know. But that, that, that's the thing is we, you know, thankfully have very little conflict because we're not, we're, and part of it is probably because we're not at all as involved and interdependent on each other mm-hmm. like this family is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So uh, we did not hear from Bilal and Shida and that was it, really? Yeah. Yes, that was it. Everybody else we got. Yep. So, uh, who was your student of the week uh, out of all of these people, all these lovely people? I mean, I went with Jovi. I thought Jovi was very understanding. He was very patient. Um, and, and yeah, he was he was as, as kind as he could be. He, he You know, he had things he wanted to say and he had opinions that he wanted to put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, understandably, she didn't want to hear all of them. Right. And that's okay. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think he's still the way he stayed calm and patient was oh, sure. was really admirable. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I actually went with Jenny, uh, just because I think it took a lot for her to actually zipline, and she was doing it because of submit and submit only. There's no way anything yeah, or true. anyone else would have got her out there. Now I get it that she wasn't as adventurous in other aspects, but. It's a small start, and it's something. And I think considering how adverse she was to the idea, good for her for actually doing it. Sure. Okay, what yep. about your dunce? All right, so I'm trying to get out of the habit of just automatically saying Angela every yeah, time. So this time I'm going with Ed. Yeah. And it's based, based entirely on the, oh, you looked really good in this picture. Right. Did you ever think about being in yep. that weight again? I like said that, the exact nope. same thing. Yeah. I said nope. Ed because I was like, don't fat shame your partner. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay. What about your life lesson? Uh, so mine is going, going to Jenny and Smith because it goes both ways with them, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you can't just automatically have a knee- reflex reaction of throwing cold water and throwing ice on what your partner wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, be it, you know – be it, uh, you know, sexy yoga class or a zip line or visiting a country of America. Like yeah. it, it, your your relationship can't grow if you want to keep it where it is in all these different aspects. Sure. And it has to it has to grow to survive. It, it can't stay. It can't stay stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I agree with you that Jovi was definitely one of the better cast members this week. But my uh, life lesson was actually kind of aimed at him and not because, you know, he handled things very, very well. But instead of suggesting things that keep getting shot down, uh, it's probably better to just ask them what they need. Because sometimes, you know, especially when uh, you're dealing with maybe different different gender stereotypes, you know, we get 
sometimes we have people who are problem solvers and sometimes we have people who just need to hear someone mm-hmm. being vent you know venting so yeah. it's like what does she need exactly if he's continued continuing to try spit out suggestions or solutions and she's just not having it she's shooting them all down you know that's probably not what she needs at the moment so it's better to ask instead of just that's true you know that's true. and a lot of I I, I, I I gave him for the patience and the trying oh, but absolutely. a lot for sure. a lot of what he he still needs to work on his phrasing <laughs> yeah. for a lot of things yeah like it's like ah, I see what you're going for, but you should have phrased it a little bit differently. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's and it's that subtle difference between you look great in that dress and that dress looks great, right? Yeah, that, that kind of little thing. Right, right. All right. Um. So, uh, we're just getting started. It seems like, right? Yeah, but I mean, we gotta be close to a third halfway done. Yeah, I think nah, so too. Maybe a third. I probably a third done. Maybe. Yeah, well, you know this train keeps on coming all the time. Yes, yeah, yes, it does. All right, so uh, we will be back this time next week. Yep. All right. Until then. Until then. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.